0: Welcome to the weekly message from Rhema Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. Who likes gardening? I don't know you people. I've got a house. If you want to come and help me, I'm all for it. Gardening is not something I like. And when I go out there, it's with a hedge trimmer, I'm I'm going, you know, I go hard. Because I don't like to do it too often. (laughs) Glad to see I've got some supporters on that way to go. And there's a couple of things I did yesterday. So I was trimming the hedges and anything above a certain line goes. And as I went through one hedge, all of a sudden these wasps started coming at me. And one went straight to my eye Thankfully, I was wearing sunglasses and a hat and I could see this wasp just, you know, on your eye. How fast you can get your sunglasses and hat off, you haven't seen me move so fast. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Just not doing gardening enough can cause problems. We've got some beautiful foxtails that line our driveway. And every now and then, a leaf drops off and one of my tasks is chop it all up, put it into the green bin and... Every now and again, it gets a seed pod, like a big, big thing, seed pod hangs off the side of it, and I normally chop that off and put that in the grass bin as well. Now, why do I chop that off? Because it's about to sprout and drop seeds absolutely everywhere, and then I have to clean it up, so by chopping off the seed pod before it actually has a chance to blow open and drop everything, I save myself a lot of work, and I'm all about gardening, and less work is possible is what I like. So if it makes a mess, Nina's not about mess, she's very clean, very tidy, I have to go and clean it up. So it's a way of avoiding work that I was going to have to do anyway. Why am I telling you the stories? Wait and see. Relationships. We had a wonderful sermon from uh, Pastor Patsy and Tony last week, talked about relationships and how we start relationships by being complete in him. We are complete in him as we approach a relationship. It has a whole lot of better chances of working and and everything going well if we start not trying to get things out of that other person but being complete in him. Something like that was the message I got, so hopefully you got that as well. I need glasses, excuse me. So I'm taking and going further on that and looking at those relationships and looking at our hearts in that whole relationship circle. My title for this morning is, Your Heart Matters. God is most concerned with your heart. Going through all sorts of challenges of life and the cares of this world, what happens to our heart, how we deal with our heart, is really uh, part of the focus of God. A lot of uh, the Testament, the Bible, is about our heart. When we're on a walk with God, we go through a journey. Let's, Let's just say we're going for a walk up to Mount Warning. It's about a two-hour walk, I believe, hike. I haven't done it. But if we were to go there, I'd need to make sure I've got the right shoes, the right clothing, all that sort of stuff, depending on the weather and the things around me. And we're all okay with that. We we go happily walking along. We see boulders. We see the mountain coming closer. We get higher, get puffed out. And all of a sudden, we get a pebble in our shoe. How many people know that that pebble shoe is going to start consuming me as I go for that walk? And as we go for a walk, me, I tend to go for the easy option first and you sort of shake it into a place that doesn't affect you and keep walking and it goes back under your foot. It takes you about four or five goes of that before you finally sit down and take your shoe off and get rid of that pebble. Is anyone like me or does everyone stop straight away? Yeah, okay. I'm glad I'm not alone. So the pebble in my shoe becomes more important than the path, the boulders and the mountain of my walk. I rode to um, a couple of weeks ago, I was riding my bike and it got a wobble in the rear wheel. And the wobble in my rear wheel became more important than the trip that I was taking, which was a commute to work. It became more important to me than the people around me, the, the journey that I was on, because that wobble became, in my mind the most important thing. When you're going 40 40 kilometers down a hill and you've got a wobble in your rear wheel, it is not a good feeling. (laughs) Things that are just a little off can become so important, which is what we're going to look at today. Excess baggage when you travel can cost you money. Baggage in your heart can cost you a whole lot more. When we let something niggle in our hearts and not be our spirit, we need to deal with it. The Bible deals with it all the time. Where your treasure is, there is your heart also. Dealing with our heart. Jeremiah 17.9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I'm talking about heart matters. and I often hear this scripture used in that context. And I'm saying, well, hold the phone. That's Old Testament. New Testament, God knows our heart. He is in my heart. We can know our heart. He knows our heart better than we know ourselves. So this morning, we're going to do a bit of heart surgery. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Father, as we come to you, that you can just speak to us into our hearts, that you will just highlight things that we need to look at. Father, I just pray, Lord, your spirit would just go through. People won't hear my words. I'll hear your words to their heart today. Father, we also pray for this country. We pray for, Lord, our leaders. Pray, Father, you would direct them. Father, this nation would be a nation that's after your heart. Father, we can influence nations through what you're going to do through us, through our cities, through our states, and federal. Father, we pray for those in authority. Father, give them wisdom, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. So a reading from Matthew 13 today, and the Bible has many parables a lot of them agricultural on nature because that was the, the language of the day they are an agricultural society and I was, I was sitting in the bus thinking about this particular sower and the seed and um, seeing as I wasn't on Facebook I wasn't playing a game and wasn't on news I was thinking about my servant and I thought if it's agricultural what would the language be of this particular parable today and so I thought mm, let's think about this A certain man, or woman, a certain person, how about we go that way, was on Facebook, Insta, or Twitter, and posted a nice scripture with some thoughtful sayings. The Twitter went to one person's feed or Facebook post, and he just flipped past it. Didn't even, hardly glanced at it. The second looked at it, contemplated it, made a comment, and moved on. The third person looked at it, commented even shared it. And over time got a bit of um, trolling, was very careful about sharing anything ever again. Whereas the fourth person looked at it, took it to heart, shared it, shared it with his friends, shared it outside the digital interface. To his friends. Is that okay? Was that sort of made it a bit more modern for you? I talked to some young guys just before and I thought, yeah, give you a bit of a feedback. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I've got the thumbs up. Okay, we're good. Matthew 13 3. Told them many things in parables. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he scattered the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. When the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop 160, 30 times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Last time I shared, I I mentioned this, but I was focused on the fact that we're supposed to be spreading seed everywhere we go. Today I'm looking at the soil. I'm looking at the seed, God's word. Which is perfect in every way. It's the same seed, didn't matter where it went, it is the same seed. It has a capability to produce a crop, regardless. But the difference between these four areas was where it fell. So let's have a look at the various different soils. The first was a pavement, rock hard, just bounced off, nothing, went nowhere. The second was rocky, had no depth. So there was a bit of soil there, but there was no depth. And as soon as the sun it withered. Sun came out, withered away. It had no ability to really get into the heart. I'm focusing on the next two. The good soil but in thorns. And the good soil, which was exactly the same except it had no, it was thorn free. And the soil is our heart in this parable. It goes on to say what the soil is in the next subsequent verses. The soil is our heart heart, and the seed is God's word. The difference was not in the soil in these last two. It was what was in the soil as well. What else was there? How many knows gardening? I saw a few hands of people like to do this. The thorns and weeds grow far faster than the plant you put in there, in this case, wheat. Drives me nuts. For me, weeds is something I get the uh, the sprayer out. I'm, I'm not into sort of digging this thing. I just spray anything that's green that's not supposed to be there. Occasionally, I get a few things that should be there that don't, aren't there for much longer. So the difference between the soils is gardening the fact that someone's gone through and taken the thorns out that the thorns don't have the ability to grow in that soil with the wheat we all agree with that and in fact I'm going to make a statement here that gardening therefore is good so we need to get into our soil and if it's not wheat we should just pull it out, we all agree with that Yep, glad to hear that. Because that's the conclusion I came to as well, so I'm glad I'm on the right path. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. We're okay with guarding your heart. Now I used to think, okay, put a, you want to guard your heart, put a nice big wall around it, and I'm going to guard my heart. But that's not what it's saying. Putting a wall around your heart is insulating yourself from everyone else. And that's not what this scripture is saying. Probably a better interpretation would be tend your heart. So carefully work out what shouldn't be there. Get those thorns out of your heart. I was talking to someone after the early service and he said, you know, think about thorns when they get into you. They fester. And it gets worse. I remember I was doing some work in my garage and I got a splinter in my toe. And of course I pulled the splinter out thinking I've done a good thing. And about a week or two, every time I touched my toe a particular way, I had pain. I'm thinking, it's only splinter. I pulled it out. What's wrong with it? But what I didn't know was a splinter was still in there. And it was festering and festering. And after about two or three weeks, Nina said, is your toe sore or something? I said, I thought I got the splinter out, but it's still sore. She said, you probably need to get that looked at. Which in male terms means, see, see what you can hack out yourself. Get, get some scissors, get some pliers, anything you can to get at this thing. So I get my tweezers, I get, you know, a knife. And I'm starting to see. okay, and it's on my toe. That's a long way for me, okay? <laughs> Try and get my glasses out. At any rate, I hack, 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 couldn't do anything. Eventually, I squeezed it. Yeah, yeah, you're thinking that. A splinter about oh, a centimeter long came out. And all I could see was the very end of it, so it just looked like a spot to me. But inside, it was going directly into my toe. And of course some lovely other stuff came out that we don't want you to lose your breakfast, so we'll just leave that one right alone. Tending. We've got to get rid of those thorns. We can't let them stay to fester. So gardening is good. A gardening left, garden left to itself will grow wild. It's not an event, it's a lifestyle. I have a backyard that would go wild unless I tended at hedges that would go everywhere. We need to cultivate, till the ground, get the rocks out, water it, turn it over, aerate it, put some bark on it, protect from the Queensland sun. Who does all that? No, nobody wants to come to my place. Darn. <laughs> but in that same chapter, in that same chapter, he goes on to another parable, 24. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field, but w- which is great. But while he was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds amongst the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where did the weeds come from? 28, an enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull him up? Now, based on the scriptures we read before, what would be the answer? Yeah. Get rid of the weeds. But hold it. The next verse says, No. No? What? Because while you're pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, First, collect the weeds, tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it to my barn. So we learnt that gardening is good. In the next couple of verses, we tell it, it's told us to not weed. It's prohibited. Hands off. Are you confused? I hope so. First we need to get rid of the thorns that would choke God's word. Now he's telling us to leave weeds. How can you have it both ways? You see, they're different. It goes on in the scripture to say that weeds are people, or tares, tares in the King James, are people in your life. And we need to know the difference between the thorns and the weeds. Because weeds. we're supposed to be ruthless with the thorns and let the weeds alone. Thorns are the issues and worries of life, things that happen to my heart, the cares of this world, things that I care about. Whereas weeds or tares are the people in your life that may assist or even cause some of these thorns. Weeds are outside of us. Thorns grow within us. Let's look what happens to the Weeds. 38, the field is the world and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one. In verse 39, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of age and the harvest is the angel. Well, that puts it into focus. So yes, the weeds are people and ultimately what people do to us. They are from the enemy or can be used by the enemy. They are seen and heard where thorns are unseen. I've actually read an article that says "tears" or weeds in the contents of uh, where this was written, they actually can't tell the difference between a wheat or a weed until it bears fruit, i.e. the stalks. So sometimes you cannot tell the difference between who's a weed and who's wheat. Say to your neighbor, I'm wheat. Very quickly. (laughs) And as we go through, no nudging, no looking at someone else as we go through the rest of this, Just saying. But what we know is we need to be ruthless on those thorns. Let me put it a different way. tears or weeds is someone who said something that wasn't quite right. The thorns is what I allow it to do to my heart as a result of that. A A weed could be a parent telling a daughter, yeah, you're not that pretty. A thorn is what that does in that little girl's heart and how they think of themselves. Weeds is the family member or work person who's getting you down. The thorn is what you do with it, the anger, disappointment, fear, bitterness, anxiety, lack of trust that comes as a result. A weed is a family member who made a comment. A thorn is the unforgiveness every time you see them. Every time you talk to them, you remember. And that's the biggest thing in your mind because you've got a thorn in your heart that's fested. A weed is a person at work who constantly undermines you. The thorn is the resentment every time you go into the office. A weed is a person who burgled your house. The weed... Sorry, the thorn is, a, is the fear and anxiety every time you leave your house. The weed is a friend who bad you behind your back. The thorn is a lack of trust that have crept into your friendships. The weed is a lie that you were told by those who loved you. The thorn is a lack of trust in all your relationships. A weed could be the big decision you need to make. The thorn Is the anxiety that keeps you up at four in the morning. The weed could be the church member who said something harsh to you or ignored you. The thorn is a cynical view of church going Christians, which is your norm. A weed is a hurtful comment. The thorn is the bitterness that comes into your heart. The friend or family that left you is the weed. The thorn is the joy that left you. The weed is a season you went through. The thorn is a pain that went through you and still hurts. How about the positive side? The weed could be the good run that you've had. The thorn could be the entitlement. The weed could be flattery that someone's given to you. The thorn could be pride. That's developed within you. The weed could be a lack of hardship in your life. The thorn could be, I'm not pressing into God. There's a lack of hunger in my life. The devil has one simple strategy divert you from the thorn that's going into your heart and focus on the weed. We focus on the person. We have no control of the person. We'll pray for the person, which is good. Pray for your your enemies, pray for those that harm you, but pray for their salvation. But we end up praying, take them out of my life. One of the other reasons weeds are among wheat is so we can influence them. Not them influence us. Not so they can put thorns into our heart that actually robs us of our fruitfulness. If I look at the devil's strategy, it's like that hedge, that I'm that hedge, that people come near me and next thing you know I'm sending wasps out to people because of the pain and thorns that are in my heart. Or well, the enemy is like me when I was trimming it off the seed pod, off that tree, because he wants us to be unfruitful. Okay, you saved, that's great, just leave it there. Don't impact anyone around. You don't talk about your your faith. Because I want to cut off that seed pod so you do not have the opportunity to reproduce. The seed that that fell into good soil, what was the result of that without thorns? A hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold. How do we get these thorns or how do we stop these weeds affecting us? How do we stop these thorns from getting to our heart and festering and somehow somehow making us almost hold and put up a wall around our heart, guarding our heart rather than tending it? How do we do this? You know, people trade weeds and accumulate thorns. People change jobs. Change of people Maybe the type of weed changes how I haven't dealt with a thorn. And you know what it makes me more sensitive next time. It makes me that because there's a festering going on in that thorn somebody presses that button I'm likely to react. I'm likely to react. People leave churches to avoid a weed pick up their bags of thorns that are wrapped around the heart and take it to the next church and wonder why I find the same weeds. Because the weeds aren't the problem. It's the thorn around my heart that's the problem. It's the thorn around my heart. We can have wheat hours and wheat hours in our soil. But we need to allow the wheat to grow. You know, you can be someone else's weed. Have you ever thought of that? You said, but hold on, you said weeds the and other non-Christians. I said, well, no. That's what people do to you. I can be, how we, a bit more generic, we can be wheat here in the service and a weed out in the foyer. Praise the Lord, worshipping, everything's great. No, I might be saying something that is a weed to somebody else's life to help them with a thought. I know at times, Nina, who's my wife, I'm probably her greatest weed. Don't say amen. (laughs) Because we're so close, we can impact each other so easily, and a, a. A comment which is just flippant to me could be something that goes straight to a heart because there's something that I don't know that's even there. But you know what? Weeds are not the problem. It's the thorns I allow to grow. No weed can stop your destiny. In this parable, it says, let the weeds grow with the wheat. Somehow God has tied these weeds that are around you, helping you on your journey of growth. As long as I can keep my heart thorn free, they're actually there to help me. Because if we grow together, we don't sift it out to the end times. So stop trying to run away from your weeds, those people in your life that's causing you problems, and start dealing internally with your heart, and then you can go back and start putting seeds out and influencing this society and this world that we live in, which is what we're called to do in the first place. Go into this world. Preach the gospel. Connect group. We're sitting there chatting about what Pastors Tony and Patsy were pr- uh, talking about last week. And we're just talking about relationships, generally how we can, uh, out of our completeness in him, have better relationships. And this one lady said, oh look, I had a situation this week where I was driving down the road and had somebody had road rage. And this person was yelling and uh, doing what they do best at her as part of this road rage. And she was getting upset she got home and went running inside just about to tell her, her husband all the things that this person did, how ridiculous they were. She went out to her backyard uh, and God said, pray for him. Pray for him. And she goes, why would I pray? You don't know where he's going next. You don't know what situation he's going to and who else is going to be impacted by this person. Do you know thorn Free Hearts, can pray for your enemies thorn free hearts can minister even when you don't feel like it because it's the fruits of the spirit coming out not the festering of the thorns that are around that heart the fruits the gifts, everything can move no matter what I know someone that has interesting times at work has people that give them a hard time Come Christmas, they still bring gifts to these people who are not pleasant. Haven't even said thanks for the gifts. Every year, does it again. That's a thorn free heart that can minister no matter what is happening around them. So, you want some biblical examples? Let's get down to the Bible. David, King David. His weed father didn't even think of him when they were come to the time to anoint him as the next king. Showed all his sons. Oh, these are all the sons that I have? Do you have any others? Oh yeah! I got one up there doing, doing the sheep. David goes and visits his brothers when they're at battle with Goliath. Those brothers, as, as he was asking what was happening, his brother said of Dave, don't worry about him. He's a dreamer. Always talking, always trying to get into trouble. Okay? Well, he's for brothers. Obviously there was a battle and, and David and Goliath, I'm not going through that today. He then ends up with a band of friends in a in a tunnel, in a caves, running away from Saul. Something happens. Band of raiders comes in. All these friends want to kill David. Man, there's some serious weed people around David, aren't they? But did it change his destiny? No. Did not change who he was because the weeds can't change your destiny, the thorns you allow into your heart can choke the word of God out. Go on to David. Where's the next weed? There's lots of weeds in his life, but I'll figure one out. There's a weed having a bath in the balcony next to the king's palace. The problem with that was the thorn that he allowed in his heart that took his next action. But even that God turned around and there that relationship produced Solomon God can turn the worst thorn and make it right yes, Joseph wasn't much better weeds for brothers wanted to kill him threw him in a pit sold him to slavery pot of his wife next weed that comes into his life next thing he's in jail Butler and Baker come in, they're weeds, they forgot about him. Did it stop his destiny? No. Even when his brothers came to him, he'd already forgiven them, put him through a little bit of a test. Boy, I would have done a lot more than that. <laughs> and if you're honest, you would have too. But the thorn did not hit his heart. His second child, God. Has given me grace. It's blessed me in the land of my imprisonment. Nehemiah, trying to build a wall. A whole bunch of people trying to stop it. Esther, tried to destroy their whole nation. There's weeds in pretty much every one of these great Bible characters' life. Peter, Jesus said to Peter, "Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you." And Peter was used almost as a weed in Jesus' life when he betrayed him 3 times. It didn't affect Jesus' destiny either. So we need to stop focusing on the people and focus on our heart. Weeds do not define us. God has more for us. Revival blessing starts in a thorn-free heart, the unseen, regardless of my weeds which are seen. Judas, in the midst of the relationship with the Son of God, for three and a half years had a thorn growing in him as a treasurer, and for 30 pieces of silver, that thorn choked out the word. We need to deal with it. James and John had a thorn growing. Who is the greatest? We need to deal with it. We need to get to s- soil again. He has tied our growth to these weeds. They will grow as you do. You think you're over it? He's a stronger weed around the corner. Don't let weeds define you. Because we are supposed to influence the weeds. What do we do? Certainly not avoid the gardening. Nina and I are having breakfast one time and she said it over times. If I've got some water over, she says, go and water one of the pot plants nearby. I now know to ask which pot plant to water. Because for about three months I was watering a plastic plant. It didn't grow. It was amazing. Nothing changed. And the ones that needed the water were starting to die. She's going. ah oh dear. We don't want to put fake lawn plants, fake wheat, fake seeds to keep those weeds at bay. That is not the answer. How are you? Big plastic smile. I'm fine. Never better. God is working. And it's good to make that declaration, by the way. But what is going on in here? Gardening a little bit every day beats an intense workout, working bee annually. I got a hedge at home if I left it alone too long. Well you know it gets wasp in it, but it goes mad. Particularly over summer. But if I do some regularly, it's a little bit easier. Maybe we need to start with the working bee on our heart. I hope as I've been talking, you've been looking at your own heart. As I've been looking at my heart. Say, God, where are my sensitive at? Where's the festering? Where's the thorns that may be surrounding me and limiting my growth, limiting my impact? Do I not say things because of past hurts? Nina and I were doing some um, things around marriage counselling. One of the things we try and do in marriage counselling is try and find where they've come from, what their, what their values are, and all that sort of stuff, and look at alignment to see where maybe there's some sensitive points. Because, you know, if you don't do it before marriage, after marriage, it's so much harder. Because we're all weak before marriage. After marriage, are we weeds? <laughs> As I said, I've sometimes a weed in my wife's life. And I hate it when the enemy uses me for negative things in people I love. Doesn't he do that sometimes? Or am I the only one that's... It's the more thorn-free I am, the more impact, the more I'm producing fruit, the more I'm actually scattering seeds, not being a weed. Momentum is a byproduct of a soft, thorn-free heart, a pebble-free heart. When you m- remove the pebble from your shoe, you can take on the boulders, you can take on the mountain. When you get that alignment of your rear wheel straight, you're going down 40 kilometres now, you're not thinking there's a wheel about to fall off. But you can enjoy the ride. And it doesn't matter if things happen, you've got all the stuff there ready to go, you're good because you're not sensitive. John 15, one says, I am the true vine. And I've read that a lot. But the next little part of it says, and my father is the gardener. See, God is a surgeon, not a butcher. I go out, I've got the hedge trimmer, a nice long thing with a big blade, the switches oh, I'm all for cutting that off. Nina on the other hand she's loving she goes out with the socketeers these nice little things just trims a bit there trims a bit there God is like that too he just trims a bit there gets rid of that thorn in your heart heals it over like it's never been there I need you to forgive that person that person that hurts you that person that you can't forgive. I'll never forgive, you've said in your heart. I can't. Allow me, says the Lord. Allow me to touch your heart. Allow me to come in and make you as new. The Lord wants to do a new thing today in people's hearts. He wants to enable you to live thorn-free. He wants you to get back to that good soil. He wants you to be fruitful. He wants to deal with our thorns. Give God full access. Oh, I've tried counseling. Give God access. Allow the Holy Spirit to come in. To forgive. Every day. I talked about last time coming in before you go out. Come into his presence. Ask God to prune. Jesus wore a crown of thorns, so our hearts never have to. We want to have a thorn free heart. As we close today, I'm going to open up the front for prayer. Have you feel to come and just stand and just ask God? If you want prayer? The prayer team will be available to pray for you and happy to do so. Before we do that, though, if you don't know what it's like to have that personal relationship with God, if you don't understand the love of God that just wants to swamp you with His unlimited love, that's any son to die in our place. Romans 10.9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God has raised you from the dead, you'll be saved. You'll be saved. The heart will be His. And He knows your heart. He knows it better than you do. He knows where you've been. He knows what you've done. He wants to purify us. He wants our hearts to be thorn free. And forgiveness is the key. Some people have had awful weeds in their life. God wants to set you free from the impact of those weeds. This is you today. Let's pray. Pray after me. Heavenly Father, I realise I need you in my life. Right now I place my faith in Jesus died for my sins and rose from the dead to give me eternal life please forgive me of my sins and bring me into right relationship with you heal my heart come into my heart thank you for accepting me and give me eternal life heart surgery because your heart matters to God God wants you to have a thorn free heart to focus on dare I say what he wants to do in you not the people around you and once you've dealt with that you can now impact the people around you far more effectively with none of the pain and hurts and everything else that goes with it with none of the festering none of the reactions Rather than reacting, you'll be acting. I'll be acting out of His Spirit, out of His Holy Spirit, fruits of the Spirit, gifts of the Spirit, working through me, impacting those around me. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at brainer.org.au.